0: Well, good morning. I don't know about you guys, but last week was really uh, just an awesome opportunity to hear what God is doing uh, through the Church of the Nazarene, through Faith Promise, through World Evangelism Fund, and through the the Jesus film. I I thought it was just great the way Brian was able to weave in um, the fact that that we're part of a global church. Um, What we do here matters locally, but it also matters globally. And so um, I just came away inspired, excited, uh, kind of ready to to go at it again and uh, and see what God wants to do in our midst. So, well, I, I'm Barry Jones. I'm the missions president here, and this is our second week of Faith Promise um, emphasis. And um, Faith Promise really it, it's this is not a uh, it's not a, a commitment we're making with Pastor Tony or with me or with uh uh, the church—it's really a commitment between you and God. And so, um, what, I, what I think, anyone that doesn't have one of these cards, that maybe didn't get one last week, or is there anyone just raise your hand if anyone hasn't gotten one of these cards. Maybe, maybe everyone's gotten one. Maybe not. So, so we're going to talk about faith promise. And um, Matthew 20, um, 28, 19 and twenty says, um, uh, "Go and make disciples all the nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And This verse is really a call for, for each one of us um, to make disciples. It's for each call for each one of us to go and make disciples. Um, we're all called to go, uh, every one of us, and we're all called to make disciples. And, and making disciples is one of the key tenets of the Church of the Nazarene. It's, it's one of the founding kind of principles of, of what we do as a church. Uh, part of how the church continues to to fulfill this scripture is through faith promise and um, and uh, through the World Evangelism Fund. It's part of how we as a church fund the Great Commission. It's part of how we as a church go. We do it physically, but we also we also do it financially. So, what exactly is faith promise? Well, faith promise is really just a it's a commitment between you and God. Uh, it, it's asking God, what would you have me to do for world missions around around the world uh, in, in a financial way and then then it's asking god to help you meet that commitment it's not necessarily what's in your budget you know what's in your budget is what you plan what what faith promises saying god maybe i need to do a little bit more than i think i can do and i i'm going to see how you're going to help meet that need um, it's part of again how the church goes and makes disciples so uh, this year, we, uh, we're committed to doing $120,000. That's kind of our, our pledge goal. So far, we've raised, or we've pledged $95,000, which is awesome. Uh, I'm really excited about that. And what that first $95,000 allows us to do, it actually covers all of our basic expenses. Um, the rest, any pledges beyond that, it's going to allow us to do some things, some extra things, that maybe God's called this church to do. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, the, the money that we, again, pledge and give, it, you know, you're writing a check, but what you're really doing is you're allowing the church around the world to be Jesus Christ's hands and feet. Um, it's providing the resources that allows someone in, in India to, to meet the needs of some folks who've maybe been ravaged by flood. It's allowing someone in Mexico who just went through a horrific earthquake. It allows us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in those situations. Um, if you take a look at your your brochure um, i didn 't grab one, but uh, if you take a look at your brochure there 's actually a pretty long list of things we do. We are really pretty active at the church it 's exciting to to do that. Uh, one of the big things um, bigger commitments, about half of it is is the World evangelism Fund, and what the World evangelism Fund uh, covers is things like um, the Global Mission Center. It covers uh, all of our 700 or so missionaries. It allows us to partner with churches around the world. Uh, so that's that's about half of what our commitment is. And by the way, most churches, when they do Faith Promise, they do the World Evangelism Fund and, and nothing else. And quite honestly, we don't think as a church that's what we should be doing. We think we need to be doing a lot more because God's blessed us with so much. So our challenge really is how can we how can we do twice that or maybe Let's get excited and do three times that. I'd be I'd be all over that. That'd be awesome if we did that. So um, the, anyway, uh, World Vision Fund allows us to cover those those basic needs that the church does around the world, uh, and then we also support missionaries that kind of leave our our own congregation. It, it supports um, some of the missions projects we do. It, it supports uh, things that our districts doing. So that's all part of what what uh, Faith Promise is. Uh, Faith Promise also supports. Three missionaries that we do send from our own congregation. Um, Alka Mueller, who's with the uh, uh, Wycliffe Bible Translator. She's in Mexico. Uh, she's been there for 20 years faithfully translating the Word of God uh, for the Nualatul people. You know, amazing commitment. And we, we we help support her financially. Dave and Christy Johnson are in Ethiopia. Again, taking literally translating to many tribes and many nations. David he's been a part of translating Fifty or hundred languages, literally, uh, in the years she's been there. Just amazing what what they're doing. And again, we, we get to be a part of that. Um, and then Steve Horrocks is in, in uh, with a more ministry serving in Mexico. So when you're when you're writing a, your Faith Promise check every week or month, whatever you do, uh, that money is going. You're, you're 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 supporting each one of those ministries with that check. And again, it's just exciting that we get to be a part of that. Well, one of the things we've been doing as a church is trying to work with um, our district on a number of areas, including uh, addressing um, direct needs for uh, for people who have been in, involved in some sort of natural disaster. If you watch the news at all, we've had earthquakes in, in uh, um, Mexico. We've had flooding in Southeast Asia. We've had flooding in our own country, of course. Um, and... Uh, The church is responding very directly in in a lot of ways. One of those ways is through uh, the Crisis Care Kit Ministry. And Steve Gilbert, who's on our missions council for the district,
1: is going to come up and share just a a little bit about that. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, like Barry said, uh, as we all know, there was this devastation around the world here lately. And so as a district, we found out that the Nazarene uh, warehouse in Sacramento was completely out. Of the compassionate kids. So it was a quick turnaround. We started announcing it, and within two weeks, we rented a U Haul truck. And a shout out to U Haul after talking to three or four people in their corporate offices, and they heard what we were doing. They cut the price in half. They gave me an extra day to come back with it, so they were great. But uh, this church, and I thank this church once again, donated these hard-to-find sometimes banana boxes and the kits. You guys donated 40 boxes, which is 240 of those compassionate kits. So that was great. So my daughter and Natalie and I hopped into a truck. We went to Carmel Mountain. We stopped in Menifee, picked up another pastor, Pastor Richie, stopped in San Bernardino, and then on up to Sacramento we went. And we delivered uh, a total of 864 kits. So, because of this district and the Nazarene uh, giving, we somebody uh, oh, and they told us within 48 hours they thought maybe Mexico City, but it looked like Puerto Rico. Within 48 hours, someone was receiving that kit who basically they didn't have anything. So, thank you very much. Amen.
0: So, again, that doesn't happen without the infrastructure of the Church of the Nazarene. We would, you know, Steve could take it to Sacramento if there's no Sacramento, you know, office to drop it off. None of that happens. Again, allows the church to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It, we're not physically giving them a, a crisis care kit, but some Nazarene in Puerto Rico is. And saying, I love you and Jesus loves you. And this is in the name of Jesus. So, that's, that's, that's what, you know, that's what we're doing. Um, our trip, our ch- our church has also taken a couple trips to uh, Casa Esperanza para Niños this year. Um, Paul Plum's going to come up and share about uh, a little bit about that.
2: Casa Esperanza para Niños is an orphanage in Hermosillo, Mexico. Hermosillo is a city of about a million people, and it's the capital of the state of Sonora. And it's an amazing place, and one of the, these are the pictures of kids that are currently there with their current ages, and they're amazing kids, but it's an amazing place, and as far as I know, it's the only Nazarene-led, even though it's not a specific Nazarene ministry, it's the only Nazarene-led orphanage ministry in Mexico, so that's, that's pretty exciting for me. I, when I came here two and a half years ago, I came because I, my kids I sent them all to Point Loma, and then they stayed here for some reason. And so I came, and when I came to the church the first time, I knew that Joe and Joan Watkins went here, and Joe's kind of the one that introduced me to um, work and witness ministry. And But I didn't know how many other connections there were going to be to the CASA ministry, to the orphanage. Norma Runyon, her mom, was one of the original founders of the ministry. Vera and Jenny are related to Donna Columber and her husband Jim, who are founders of the ministry. And Pastor Jeff... His mom and dad have both been on the uh, board of directors for the for the the five hundred one c three for the board of ministry. So it was like I came in and there were a lot of people that were already excited about the ministry. So I felt like I was coming home. But I've been I've been uh, involved with. They started in nineteen ninety nine. I've been involved with them since about two thousand and two, and they had six or eight kids when I arrived. And my family and I used to go down between Christmas and New Year's. And we used to let the employees take time off, and we'd stay. I just want to tell you a couple of stories of of how this ministry has captured my heart. We, when we used to go down at Christmas time, one day when no one else was there but my family, my, I had a daughter at that time that was sixteen, and one that was fourteen, and then three sons. But anyway, they brought a little a little kid, and probably one and a half, two years old. I'm not sure exactly, and they had just found her in a. An, a a warehouse she had been abandoned there and they brought her just as they found her and i was able to take this young lady this little this little baby and hand her to my daughters and say take her upstairs and clean her up and and and, uh, you know, that was something, I think, that changed their lives because they were able to, to have someone. And, you know, there's something that happens when you actually go on a work and witness trip. There's something that happens when you put food in the hands of someone who's hungry or you give clothing to someone who needs it or a blanket to someone with a cold baby. Or, and you're able to actually be the hands of feet of God. That's a wonderful thing. I've been able to, to go to Mexico. That's the only place I've gone but about 100 times. And um, I just love it. A couple other stories that I want to share with you about. Casa. Um, one is um, Eloisa and Alessandra. When they came to casa, they were uh, six and eight years old, and their their mom was mentally ill. She abandoned them in a store, and she um, she. She actually showed up a few times after that, but she just wasn't capable of taking care of her children. And Eloisa and Alessandra, as they grew up at Casa, one of their dreams was when they got out of Casa, and they would tell us this, when we get out of Casa, we're going to find our mom, and we're going to take care of her. And we said, oh, sure, you know. Well, when they left Casa at ages 18 and 20, um, they they went and they found their mom. We helped them. They found an abandoned house. They asked if we could just help them do some things to fix it up. They now care. For their mom, and they also found Their mom's parents, their grandparents, and they invited them in too, and they care for them. And so God used the ministry, not just to affect those two little children, but who knows, you know, how many other people will be affected. And just a, just a couple of months ago, I got to go down to Hermosillo, and Eloisa, one of those young ladies, I got to walk her down the aisle, which was really a cool thing as she, as she got married. So that was, that was a a real honor for me, and something that was so exciting for me. Um, I have to, I have to look here, and I have to talk fast, because if I don't talk fast, then I, people might see me cry and I don't want to ruin my macho image. But, um, I want to tell you about, I, you know, I'm, I didn't talk about her in the, in the first service, but, uh, she was a, a young lady that came when she was six years old to Casa. And now, um, after living at Casa until she was 18, she is, she is married. She has two children. And when I was down there just a couple of months ago, she and her husband opened up, a a Dogo cart right in front of them. Anybody that's gone to Hermosillo, the Mexican hot dogs are fabulous. But they have opened up their own little ministry. They're entrepreneurs, and that's exciting. Um, Blanca, a young lady, probably suffered more abuse than any child that I've ever met before she came to CASA at age eight. And she is now 25 years old. She's still at CASA. She just graduated from college with her degree in, I think it's biological engineering and she has a she has a good job and she's doing very well she's walking with the lord i got to hear her testimony and it just blew me away but when i was down just a couple of weeks ago with the group she introduced me to to her boyfriend, who is now her fiance, and um, I was able to kind of ask some questions. You know, the kind of, what are your intentions with the young lady? Do you understand how much this young lady needs a, a person in her life that will love her and support her? I got to play father again, and I just love doing that. But uh, anyway, they they are both walking with Christ, which is exciting as well. Now I want to tell you one story that might seem like a failure, but it's really not because we were able to plant the seed of Jesus Christ. We have kids. We have kids that are offered to us in the ministry on a weekly basis. And many of them we have to turn away because we don't, you know, we're not able to care, care for more kids. But um, Yehida was one that came to us at age three, three and a half, and she ended up staying for about two and a half or three years until her family came and uh, they went through court. Some other family members came and they, they managed to get her. Her body was found in a suitcase um, outside Hermosillo. She had been terribly abused. And, you know, anywhere you go in the world... God's children, you will find them. God's children in desperate need, not just of of food to put in their mouths or of clothing or of a place to live, but desperately in need of the love that can only come from Jesus Christ. What we were able to do with Yahida during those years was give her an opportunity to see what the love of Jesus Christ meant. And we have to look at each child that comes into the ministry as that, and that is that is what we call success when. They find the love of Jesus and they find Jesus. So I would just ask that you would pray for this ministry. We now have 46 children. And you can imagine how difficult of a ministry it is with what these kids have gone through before they come to Casa. And we could really, we would really appreciate your prayers for Casa Esperanza para Niños. It's in Hermosillo, Mexico. And if you'd like to know more about the ministry or you'd be interested in sponsoring a child, we, we went twice last year. We took groups down to Casa. If you would like to go to Casa and see the children and see the ministry, I'll be out at the table afterwards and I'd love to talk to you about it. And now a short video.
0: Well, um... Again, you know, why, why do we give? Why do we go? Uh, we go because God calls us to go, right? God, God challenges us to go. God challenges us to give. And part of, again, what your faith promise giving does is it, we sponsor one of those kids, actually. Um, the church sponsors one of those kids. We've, we've um, built uh, some of the buildings. And um, the, if you looked at the, the, where they were eating, we went down there and painted that last year. So we're going to do another trip this year. Part of the part of the faith promise giving, about eighty six hundred dollars, is going to go towards either work or supporting a kid at casa. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to the dates on the next trip. Not sure when that is, but would love for you to, to join us with that. Well, um, one thing that the church is try to do as well is just partner with our district. There's about fifty some churches in the district. We're either the largest or second largest church, I think, in the district. And so we, we want to partner with a lot of the smaller churches, allow them to be involved in missions um, in a lot of different ways. We've been very involved in Haiti. I uh, had a number of people that have been, been down Haiti for the last eight years, uh, built uh, let's see, an orphanage, a clinic, a church, a cistern for water, actually ran a three-mile pipe from, a, from a, uh, <laughs> a spring, bought the spring and ran a three-mile pipe where now they have running water, which is awesome. You know, that's exciting. So all those things have been part of what we've done at this church, but um, also we're trying to do some local stuff uh, where we go down for a weekend um, and do some work in Mexico. And Bob bixel uh, he uh, went in August down to Osos Negros. He's going to come up and share with us. So. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you can run those pictures while we're. While we're talking, but um, so Bob, um, you've been back attending our church for how long? About
3: about a year and a half. Yeah,
0: and um, you, this is your first mission trip. This and, is my first one. Yeah, and I, I know I've pestered you a little bit, but but why why did you uh, decide finally to go?
3: Well, like I said, I ran out of excuses. Um, I had been, um, as you say, you've been re- nagging me for a while, and um, you know it was always something. It's I'm a too- holy nag,
0: by the way. It's a holy yes, nag. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And I uh, just, uh, yeah, just ran out of excuses. And uh, I, you never have enough time, or you're, it's not your thing, not, you don't have any skills, or whatever. Um, so,
0: I, I, when he said that in the first service, I said, "Wow, that's a profound statement." How many of us are, are, we have too many excuses to what God's calling us to do? Not, not just go on a mission trip. Talk to our neighbor. That's me. You know, how many excuses? I said that was. That was actually a really profound statement for me. I appreciate what you said. You, you can use it. Yeah. I'll, I'll use it again, I'm sure. So uh, what, what do we do while we're down there? So uh,
3: So Ojos Negros is a church plant. And uh, this is their kitchen in the parsonage that we installed while we were down there. And uh, we also installed a bathroom in the parsonage, um, painted a few school rooms, and a couple of other miscellaneous things down there.
0: And it's it's a small parsonage. They're a family of four living in that parsonage, I think. And yeah. they're, I mean, you can't believe how excited they are. This this is amazing compared. They were they were trying to live in that that before we we did all that work. So it's a huge blessing for them. So tell us about the accommodations. Five star, no doubt. Five star.
3: Yeah, we had the uh, international luxury suite, which was um, upstairs on a concrete floor. Um, with nine other guys that snored as bad as I do yeah. and um, yeah but, but the whole compound it has no electricity so you have to bring a generator they, the electricity was shut off because of some issues with the prior residents there the prior tenants and um, there's no hot water uh, they do have running water but it only goes until 5 o'clock in the afternoon so then they shut the water off so it's, it's a little rustic
0: and I, I, I was talking to the pastor who heads it up. He's a pastor at Menifee Church. And, and um, he said, yeah, Bob, I talked to Bob, and, and he said, you know, there were mosquitoes, and it was hot, and everyone snored and like he didn't snore. And uh, he says, I can't wait to go back. And, I, I mean, again, that was, that's what I, you know, I, I've, I love hearing that. Well, I'm hooked yeah he is hooked yeah. Yeah, that's
3: exciting this morning well, this morning i'm sore for jesus
0: yeah that, that's awesome <laughs> yeah he, <laughs> went, he went yesterday so portis slab so it's awesome to hear that so where do you see jesus kind of show up in in this uh yeah. in this trip
3: you know you see him where you want to see him i think anywhere you look in a, particularly in the other people who are really dedicating you know parts of their lives to this process and you see people you know the the workers down there, and I think I mentioned that this guy on the right, that's Carl. He, he was a homeless veteran just a year ago, and he's now on a mission trip. And, you, you know, the, the phenomenal generosity of these people. And then he, you talk to the the pastor and his wife and his his kids, and you hear their testimonies. On my last evening there, we talked. They gave their testimonies, as you're calling it. It's just it's tremendously moving, and you, you definitely see the Lord's work.
0: Yeah. So... There's probably someone out there right now thinking, "Man, I might want to do this." What, 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 what would you tell them?
3: You know, I would just tell them just just go. Um, you know, it's it's phenomenally rewarding personally. You, have to, you know, it's not about us, of course, but it's phenomenally re- rewarding personally. And um, just don't overthink it. You know, you, you you wonder why you know what what you can do, It it doesn't matter. Many hands make light work, and it's just a phenomenal experience and a way to to, to let God work through you.
0: Thanks, Bob. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, our next district trip is the fifth to the seventh of January. You can go down on a Friday. You can go down after work on a Friday. They make it really super simple. A Great way to just to kind of find your first step into missions. But be careful because you might get hooked like Bob. So just warning you. Um, and um, again, chance to connect with some of your. Christian brothers and sisters in the district, as well as uh, your uh, brothers and sisters who are doing ministry in, uh, in Osos Negros. Well, um, another way, great way to get connected uh, with missions is through our family mission. Uh, we are going down, again, the 27th through the 31st, and a great opportunity for you to, uh, again, partner with uh, your brothers and sisters here at our church. Uh, Robin and James McAlian uh, are going to come up and share a little bit about they went last year. And by the way, James is a walking miracle. He's no more brace. That's awesome. Uh, he had a pretty serious accident, and he's in much better shape. So great to have you. So how long have you guys been here at Mission?
3: We've been attending Mission Nazarene
0: for two and a half years. And this is your second? Yeah, and we've gone on the family mission trip two times. So, and so what, kind of what made you decide why did you want to go the first time?
3: Well, the first time, we went a bit by accident. You see, I just concluded that James would want to go on the missions trip because he likes Mexico, and his parents were missionaries when he was a child. So I found Barry and signed us up. And it wasn't until later on in the bus on the way to Mexico that James said, I'm surprised you wanted to go on this trip. And I said, I'm just going because you want to go. And he said, well, I'm just going because you signed us up. <laughs> so, but we had a great time. It was very rewarding, and the next year we uh, voluntarily went.
0: And I and I said in the first service, any any wife that wants to do that, they're welcome to you know to do that. So, I give you permission. So, um, the this last year I, I you know you guys had gone once, so you're you're now you know solid veterans, and I said you guys, I think you can lead a team. You can, build, you can build a house. You can be the leaders. And they said, you know, no way. I can't do that. And I said, no, no, I really think you can. And so they prayed about it and said, you know, we're willing to give it a shot. And, man, they honestly did a fantastic job. They were as good as anybody we've ever had leading a team. And um, I know they've spent a lot of time preparing, and it showed. Um, tell me, how did that impact your relationship, hopefully in a good way? And... Uh, and, and your family.
4: So it was quite a shock to be asked, um, honestly. And, and I'm always up for a new challenge. And when I presented the idea to Robin, she was like, "Well, is there a direction manual?" And that's kind of the kind of person she is. And actually, believe it or not, there is a direction manual on how to build a, a four-wall house down in Mexico. Um, so. Uh, I would say that it really draw, drew our relationship close together, um, just gave us an opportunity to utilize the gifts that God's given us and, um, and just uh, help lead a team of people to do his work. And then also it was really awesome to just serve alongside my son and my daughter and all the other kids, but um, just seeing them help out with Daily Vacation Bible School and just learning how to pound a nail and dig trenches and sift sand to make cement and all that stuff.
0: I know for me personally, my, my younger daughter's, she went like 12 years in a row. And, and just the chance to do ministry together, it, it, does, it changes your relationship in a, in a very, very positive way. And so it, I, th- I just think it's such a great thing for families, and it was, it was awesome to see you guys. Anyway, um, so where did you see Jesus in the midst of the trip?
4: I think it was uh, really cool just to see Jesus reflecting back upon us through the faces of the families that were going to be um, moving into the homes and receiving the homes. And um, just owning a home here in the United States is a pretty big deal. It's kind of a goal. And um, for many of our folks down south, you know, it's just not really a reality based on their economic um, Ability or financial ability, so just seeing how the Lord opens that up through the church in Mexico and how they are able to receive the home is just really neat. And then also through um, just the team that goes down um, from Cindy Stockwell and the cooking team and just the amazing meals. I mean, I haven't I don't eat that good normally. No (laughs) offense, Robin. It's awesome. But the meals down there are like, top-notch, so yeah. you come away, like, fed full, and just the the church time at night, the Bible study and the family time, all of those things are just really um, very spiritually building um, and lay a great foundation for the new year to come. It's just kind of perfect timing.
0: So, you guys take, it's, it's five days, it's between Christmas and New Year, we've all got family, family. Um, you guys take five days out of your out of your week. What would you tell somebody right now? They're thinking about maybe I'll go, um, and they're kind of on the fence and they're starting to draw their list of excuses, right? Um, what, would you, what would you tell them?
4: So it's kind of just a step of faith, you know. I would definitely just um, just pray about it. And if you are considering it, that's where we were, and we just went ahead and, and did it. And um, we're planning on going back again this year. Um, there's certainly a spiritual warfare. I don't want to overlook that because Satan's trying to keep us off of that um, mission field. But um, if you kind of look at it through that perspective, unless there's a really good reason not to go, like just do it because it's really, really um, rewarding all around. Yeah,
0: great. Thanks a lot. All right. Great. Well, um, here's some photos of, we were, we were down there yesterday, had a great group of guys and gals uh, working. Actually had a group from a, the local, there was a local um, rehab center, and they came over and helped us and worked crazy hard, and, and uh, just we got a chance to fellowship with them. And it was, that was, that was a great, actually a great part of the experience. But part of what we learned, too, is that um, this family that we're, we're serving, uh, the mom passed away about five months ago so uh, she died of, of bone cancer, and, <clears throat> and we didn't know that going down there, so, you know, there's a lot of emotion all of a sudden when you find something like that out, and, um, you know, he's got, uh, dad's got uh, three kids, uh, there's a grandmother, there's, I think there's an aunt or a cousin or something living with them too, a lot of family stuff going on, and, and we're going to make a huge difference in this family's life, uh, that trailer is what they're living in now, and it's... You know, it, it barely stands. So this house is a double wide. It's gonna, it's gonna change their lives forever. So I would really encourage you to think about going, pray about going. Um, we'll make it really easy for you to go if you're interested at all. Uh, go out the uh, missions table. We can talk about it more, or you can, or you can sign up. So, well, uh, hopefully, we've we've conveyed to you guys that uh, Mission Church really, really, really believes in missions. Um, it's, it's at the core of our DNA. It's, it's why I attend mission church, you know, and not why, but it's one of the reasons why I attend mission church. Um, it's, it's who we are. Um, we are missional and that means missional locally. It means asking our neighbor to church next week. It means missional globally, going to Mexico, go, you know, going, uh, around the world and supporting faith promise. Uh, it, it's all those things. And um, faith promise is something for all of us. It's not for 5% or 10% or 50 or even 95% of us. It's for everyone. Um, <clears throat> some of you guys will you'll say, I can commit, commit $10,000 because I believe in faith promise, and that's what God's called me to do. Some of you will say, I can do $10 because that's what God's called me to do. That's all we're asking. We just want you to participate in how God is leading you to participate. If we do that, God's going to do amazing things. Pastor Tony.
5: Amen. I want to take a moment and just uh, say what an awesome mission president that we have. And uh, what an Amen. Praise the Lord. What an articulate job that he does. And bringing to us the story of how we are impacting people's lives around the globe and around the world. And uh, and so world evangelism missions, it's a big deal. Uh, once a lifetime, possibly, a pastor has the opportunity uh, to become a part of something that's much bigger than himself. And uh, there is a ministry that the Lord just kind of dropped in my lap um, through a man who's... A dear friend of mine, in fact, he's a member of Brainton First Church of the Nazarene, which is the church I used to pastor in Florida that I came from. And uh, I'll never forget the day when this man came to my office and say, Pastor, the Lord's laid this on my heart and I'm supposed to tell you. And so I want you to welcome my friend Davidson Pierre. Won't you come, Davidson? Come on up here. Grab that microphone right there. I'm going to have you stand right here beside me. Uh, Davidson called me a couple months ago and said, hey, Pastor, I have a... Uh, I have a conference in San Diego. He's a professor. Uh, He teaches at like three different universities, has 11 classes right now. Uh, He's a busy, busy man, not to, uh, you know, not to disclude this ministry as well. That's taken a lot of time. But but anyhow, he called and said, can I stay with you and Heidi? I said, sure, we'd love to have you stay with us. And and so I put it on my calendar. And then I a little bit later, I called him back. I said, you realize I can't believe this. This is during faith promise and uh, I had shared with the board that I was a part of this ministry that that needs a lot of help and it's a huge opportunity and maybe one day uh, we would be introduced to Davidson well the ministry is called the Davidson Project and uh, we named it that he did not want us to name it that because that's his name but that's what it is we've owned it Um, so Davidson I'm just going to kind of cut to the chase we're out of time here But uh, you grew up in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and uh, at one point um, you were on the streets, living on the streets, and then you ended up in an orphanage. And that lady, uh, that missionary woman, impacted your life greatly. And, And fast forward, he's blessed. He ends up becoming a professor here in the United States of America, and his vision for he and his wife was to go back and give something back. And uh, that was to launch a school and a, a Nazarene church. And so he did this with his own money on his own. And what happened that first year? How, how did God bless compared to the vision that you had to really what happened that first year?
6: Good morning. Um, well, the first year, what we had in mind is only to have 20 Maximum 20 students and we say well the Lord if you're going to bless us with 20 students That would be wonderful and uh, we'll praise you for that because we saw the need that they had in the area But uh, by the end of the first year we end up with 30 But uh, we were so happy, you know, we had two teachers uh, and then uh, we had 30 students We were happy and uh, the, uh, the, 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 this is the location that we, we were, uh, what you're looking at on the screen um, So the second year, throughout the second year we, we grew up to 50 and then, uh, and I t- told my wife, whoa, this <laughs> is getting scary because we don't have that much money. We really need to support more. And then, um, I spoke with a friend, a pastor of my, uh, a friend pastor. And then he said, well, why don't you go and talk to your pastor and let him know? And I said, well, no, I don't want to get my pastor involved. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah let him uh, get involved. And, you know, shame on you because you don't let him involve and uh, bless the, what you're doing. And that's when I went to your office. And I said, well, pastor, I'm involved with that, uh, project and I'd like to, you know, like, you know, to get your opinion on it. And that's when you told me, well, I cannot bless anything that I don't see and that, that i you know, I can't really verify what you're saying. And that's when we flew down to Haiti on a Friday morning and we were back in Florida on Saturday afternoon.
5: Yeah. And let me say, I was not ready for what what I I witnessed, what I saw, because um, I mean, it, it is it is rough there and uh, tremendous need. And we ended up going up into this community Hinch, where his wife is from. It's only like 38 miles from Port-au-Prince. But it takes like two and a half, three hours to get there. I mean, because the roads are unfinished and windy. And, and I mean, it's just really an arduous trip. And uh, so we get there. Uh, kids are gathered around us. And many of them hadn't eaten for two or three days. And my heart just broke. Yes. And I thought, we, we've got to do something. We have to do something. And fast forward. How many students are in the school now? This has now been about five or six years. How many students?
6: Six years later now, we have uh, about 350, and uh, we feed them uh, one hot meal every day, and we have about 12 uh, teachers, uh, principal, and uh, two pastors
5: for the church. So there's a Nazarene church, and there's a school where there was not. One of the things I asked was, well, how come they're not going to public school? Well, the public school, it's not available. It's not nearby. There's some private schools, but they cannot afford to go to the private school. And so the need is absolutely tremendous. And and so we went, and uh, uh, Davidson had a piece of property that he owned from his family, and he ended up donating that. So now that's part of the Church of the Nazarene. And so... Uh, in, in fact, since a year ago, since I left Florida to come here, we've had two donations of $50,000 and that has, uh, enabled them to build a, an actual steel, a cement steel building so that they have a place to build some rooms and have a, you know, build a parsage. None of that's happened yet. Um, but the ministry is, is just, you know, still unfolding rapidly. Uh, and, and and you're very much a part of it. We we made a trip about every quarter uh, to Haiti at that time. And uh, when when I left Florida, uh, so how were, are things if, going? If then you go were ahead. to tell me
6: that uh, the Lord would would you know be doing something that that big through me, I would, I would laugh. Seven years from now, I would you know I would say no. There, there's no way to have now 350 students are going to school. Um, and, and the way that we would take them, by the way, we, we make sure that we interview them and make sure that their parents cannot afford uh, the school and that, you know, or they, they pass away or some, some situations like that. We do not take anybody. And if we wanted to have. A thousand now we would be able to have that, but it's just because we don't have the capacity, we don't have the facilities so really to really have those uh, that many.
5: This picture here is a, another church member, a Nazarene church member and myself were staking out the first building on the new property. And so uh, you, you saw some pictures there that had like three different buildings on it. So that's the campus as it's unfolding, but now there's this new large building that's been put up. And, and so we're, we're just planting the seed. I just want you to know about the ministry. It's called the Davidson Project. It has only one other church supporting it. It is a part of the church in Nazarene. And, and the, the future, I mean, it's, it's huge. And, and you're a part of that. And so I just want to thank Davidson for giving us some time and coming this morning to be a part of our faith promise. Would you welcome, thank him for coming. Thank you so much, Davidson. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Yeah, God bless you. Um, he's leaving right now. He has to walk out and uh, catch his flight uh, back to Florida. So God bless you, Davidson. Love you. Thank you for coming and being a part of our service Dave. We have some of us have, uh, you, maybe you brought your card, your faith promise card back with you from last Sunday, or possibly you received a card. I want to have the band go ahead and come on up our worship team. Uh, possibly, uh, you received a card this morning. We put it in your hand. Um, I want to invite you, if the Holy Spirit is leading you to fill something out, just go ahead and fill it out, and what we're going to do is we're going to have just this response time, and we're going to um, receive uh, the elements this morning, and we're going to worship in these last few minutes that we have, and as we do that, I, I invite you to bring that card In response and just lay it on the altar as we did last Sunday, just lay your card face down on the altar and our mission president will collect those cards. But I want to invite uh, our servers to come forward now once our servers come and help us for the Lord's sacrament today, whoever they may be. And um, if you want to uh, respond in any other way, we have uh, we have our candles over here that you can light and you can. Uh, Just uh, maybe pray if you'd like or possibly might want to kneel at the altar or uh, you might want to write a prayer request out and and put it in the uh, in the cross over here. However, you want to respond. I invite you to respond to the Lord this morning to Christ and and reflect upon these things that we've been challenged with as we we are a great commission church. Amen.